Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 191 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's Christmas Eve. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, it's Christmas Eve, unbelievably. It's another year done and time to put up our feet, share a mince pie and raise a glass to the beekeeping gods in thanks for the season just passed and the hope of a successful season next year. I'd like to take a moment to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. I hope you're all safe and well and able to share your Christmas with those closest to you and once that's done, able to get out and treat your bees with oxalic acid if you haven't already done so. Although it's a bit chilly right now, it looks as if we're heading into a warmer spell of weather. No white Christmas here in Norfolk, but a quiet spell of weather. Cloudy, sometimes misty, but reasonably dry, although there are a few scattered showers looming, and we had quite a heavy downpour last night. Fairly typical for us, really. I can't remember too many white Christmases, but no doubt we'll get some colder weather and snow into the new year, and particularly for us again here in Norfolk, late January and February tend to be the moments that the snow comes, and we've had that really difficult period a few years ago with the beast from the east, so hopefully we won't get anything quite as severe as that. I actually think that this current spell of weather we have is possibly the worst kind for our bees. Cold enough for them to cluster, but damp, so the hives don't really get a chance to dry out. This in turn can create conditions for mould to start to develop within the frames, and particularly on the inner walls of some hives, and all of that can make it really hard work for the bees to survive into the spring. Thinking of the current position of our colonies, we have several things to consider, and this will be slightly different for everyone depending on your location and the weather conditions that you're up against. The situation for me is colonies were fed well in the autumn with heavy sugar syrup. That's the appy pasta syrup that we use from modern beekeeping. Although we fed them well, it's been a fairly mild end to the year. And while bees have been able to fly regularly, there has been very limited forage for them, if any at all. This has the potential to create a deficit in their food stores for some colonies and could result in a starvation situation if we're not careful. You'll no doubt have noticed the rather vague ambiguity in that statement, and it's deliberate. As I often say, our honeybee colonies are all different, and this will be reflected in the size and form of each colony. I would say don't panic, but I know that some of you will. The process for most beekeepers now is to check the entrances clear of any dead bees, look for flying bees just to confirm that the bees are alive and well, 
and maybe add some fondant above the brood nest to supplement feeding should it be required. And of course, there is the oxalic acid treatment if you haven't already treated. It's in fact a very quiet time for working with the bees, but that doesn't mean that it's a quiet time away from them. For me, there's still so much to do. But if you've only got one or two hives to take care of, then you can justifiably put your feet up and enjoy the winter break. Maybe check out a few YouTube videos or read up on some of the more detailed areas of beekeeping that you're interested in. Perhaps you're thinking of starting some queen rearing next year. Well, now is a great time to start learning a little more about the anatomy of queen bees and the process of queen rearing. This is key regardless of whether you want to raise just a couple of queens or a couple of thousand. The point is, there's always something new to learn and understand. I'll be sneaking away to the office over the weekend to spend a little time quietly with my microscopes. I do have a couple of talks coming up in the new year that I'm presenting, and these will involve a live, real-time demonstration of making up a few pollen slides, so I'm keen to check out what pollen types I've got available and just make sure that all the cameras and kit is working properly. Reflecting back on the year is something I think we all do as beekeepers, trying to remember what went well, what went badly, and what didn't happen at all in my case, and obviously that's where good note-taking comes in. But overall, just looking back and with the consideration that we've all been under the cloud of the ongoing COVID pandemic, I've had a pretty good year really. Always learning as we go and trying to find ways of doing things in a more objective business-like way. It is, after all, my chosen career. The development of the borage pollination was the most significant event of the year for me and it's become a catalyst for the development of additional colonies for next year. That said, some of the most memorable moments come from the most unexpected places. I imagine most people get into beekeeping for the pleasure of it, the idyllic picture postcard scene of a beekeeper at the bottom of the garden on a warm summer's day working through a beehive, marvelling at what goes on. It's not quite the same for commercial beekeepers, but we all get a huge amount of pleasure from our beekeeping. Yet the pleasure of beekeeping manifests itself in different ways for different beekeepers. It's very satisfying for me personally when someone I've helped get started in beekeeping achieves success in their own right. And with this in mind, I'd just like to give a very special mention and offer up my heartfelt congratulations to Katie Brewster, who can now be called an award-winning beekeeper. Katie, as you may know, helps me out with a few odd jobs here and there and is well on her way to setting up her own honey business, having created a fantastic honey room and bottling setup at her home this year. Nope, not jealous. Not jealous at all. Anyway, Katie has just become the champion cut comb beekeeper, if in fact that's how it's described, at the UK's National Honey Show. I think the expression is OMG. If you get a copy of the BBKA News, you'll see her on page 21, proudly showing off her combings cup and the winning entry. Katie is a first-time entrant in the National Honey Show, and of course I take all the credit for her success. Honestly though, I don't know how Katie and the others have the patience to jump through all the hoops in order to get their samples into the show in the first place, but 
hats off to her and all the other winners. They do it in some style and are rewarded for their efforts. And you should see the huge trophy that Katie has as well. And she obviously loves it. If you look at the smile in the picture, she's very, very pleased at what she's been able to achieve. And so she should be. Congratulations, Katie. Unfortunately, you've set yourself one hell of a challenge for next year. So good luck with that. Finally, in this shortened Christmas Eve podcast, an update on the truck and trailer situation. I know you'll all be waiting to hear the very latest news on this. It looks very much like the truck problem is a faulty thermostat. Check out last week's podcast if you missed the saga of the return journey from Wales, but having completed a coolant change, it hasn't really helped with the overheating problem. So the next step is a thermostat change, and it's a job I think I can carry out myself. I might need to get a few more tools, but I'm planning on giving it a go. I know this isn't really a beekeeping topic, but for anyone having to move beehives around, making sure your vehicle is in good running order is essential. So I've made a big hole in the unit in order to be able to drive the truck in and out of the weather and work on a nice flat surface. Unfortunately, when I had the honey room wall built, it never occurred to me that I might want to park my truck inside the unit. And yes, I'm about 50 centimetres too small for the truck to comfortably fit in and allow me to crawl around underneath while I carry out the work. So I'm going to have to keep the roller shutter doors open while I work on the engine bay area, but at least I'll be on flat ground. So hopefully I can get it sorted. The other issue regarding the truck and trailer towing capacity is still unresolved. The question as to whether I'm able to hitch up a 3.5 tonne rated trailer on a truck that can only legally tow 2.8 tonnes fully laden is still awaiting resolution. For me, it seems sensible to use a trailer that's overrated for the job rather than pushing a 2.8 tonne trailer to its absolute limit, but I still can't find any information on the internet to confirm exactly what the law states. Having finally frustrated myself, I sent emails to both my local constabulary and the government department responsible for such things, the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency. One week on, I'm still waiting for even an acknowledgement of my emails, let alone an answer. Should I be surprised? Probably not. I'm just your average law-abiding citizen wanting to make sure that I'm not breaking the law when I tow my trailer, so I'm probably at the bottom of a very long list. I'll give them until the new year, and then I think I'm going to email my local MP and the Chief Constable of the Norfolk Police Force to see if that gets me any closer to an answer. Watch this space, as they say. Well, as it's almost Christmas, I thought I'd leave you with a seasonal joke, but I couldn't find one that made me laugh or was repeatable on air, so I'll have to encourage you all to post your favourite Christmas jokes beneath the podcast on my Patreon page. The best joke, according to my sense of humour, may win a prize. Let's see what Christmas gifts I get that I don't want, eh? Anyway, have a fantastic Christmas, everyone. I hope you all have a safe and restful time, and I'll catch up with you again next time. Don't forget, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. (laughs) 